Welcome to Cabin Minute Cast. The scenario has been chosen. The ritual, well, it's just about to end. We are ready and we are willing and we are able to appease <laughs> the old gods or not appease the old gods and tell those old gods to flip it. <laughs> flip the script. Uh, and this is going to be actually, drum roll please. This is going to be our final freaking minute. So this is the final minute of Cabin Minute cast i'm ah! heidi bennett <laughs> of vibrantvisionaries.com and of course heidibennett.com hey and i'm molly balin of littleredmark.com so yeah this is it this is the the this is the final hurrah man so in today's episode we're covering minute 90 which is the end of the movie ah and the movie is The Cabin in the Woods. And in this minute, Dana and Marty comically muse on missing the giant evil gods. And we get a glimpse of what's been living underground this whole damn time. Mm -hmm. The old god has a big, big presence. <laughs> <laughs> my mind went to dirty places as you started that. Oh, my. Yeah. Oh, my. <laughs> yes, you, you, you know what they say about a man with big hands that that i do know heidi that i do <laughs> oh there's a big loincloth <laughs> oh man so yeah this is it this is the the last little bit of of, of dana and marty chilling on the stairs yeah the the, the house is rocking mm -hmm. it's rolling it's out of controlling yep and uh, Marty starts the minute out saying giant evil gods and he takes an epic hit off the joint. Yeah. Which is, I think, a, a pretty appropriate response to the, the contemplating the giant evil gods are now going to take over the earth. <laughs> yeah, he's kind of shaking his head. She's looking around sort of bewildered like she does so well. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, she really... Amen. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and she's like, I wish I could have seen it. And she's really sincere about it. I love I love that they can be, you know, so flip in their ending moments here. And it's authentic. Like, I really wish I could have seen what the hell a giant evil god really looks like. Because after all the shit they've seen, it's like, it's one more thing, man. Just one more thing. You know, you see that much horror and it's like, God, I'm curious to see what that kind of horror might actually look like. Yeah. Yeah, and then Marty says, I know, that would have been a fun weekend. And he has that sort of mischievous sound to his voice, and they grasp each other's hands and sort of duck their heads down a bit because crumblings are happening above. And as the camera pulls back, one thing I noticed was that we know where they're at, right? We know that they're on those stairs. But what I mm -hmm. noticed was that they're flanked specifically by their two avatars. Oh, that's a good catch. You're right. He's, You're right. That's awesome. Yeah. He's got the fool next to him. She's the quote unquote virgin on her side. Mm. <laughs> so those, yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah, the rocks are uh, crumbling and, then all of a sudden the, the final thing happens, really. I mean, this is, you know, 
this is the final minute and the last few seconds we get something that's actually a combination of digital and some really cool miniature work here. Hmm. Yeah. So, so rhythm and hues we've talked about, they, you know, did the, the bulk of the visual effects and that they had to call in somebody else to get this little section, right. And I think that was really wise of them. So the hand is breaking through, right? So there's a breakthrough mm -hmm. right in front of them. Like, I guess it's right into that platform. Mm -hmm. And it's it bursts through and it's huge. It bursts through the cabin. I mean, the cabin is like tiny in comparison. Mm -hmm. And what you'll notice is some really great stuff that's the miniature stuff, which is they developed some, they put together, and you, you can see all this in the, um, the the extras on the DVD. So if you haven't checked those out, again, check them out. There's some cool stuff. This miniature team, they have uh, great experience in making these very realistic looking trees. So it's a composite of some digital stuff too, but these trees that are falling, falling to the wayside are mm -hmm. are uh, man-made miniature trees and then the dirt and dust and gravel that poofs up with this hand is mm -hmm. um, something that they developed where they pulled something I can't remember exactly how they did it but they pulled something up out of a bunch of packed dirt so that you get mm. this effect because the digital gang were just like, we can't, we can't really do this in, in a way that it looks realistic. And, and we want this to look very, you know, very good and, and mm. not, you know, distracting. So surrounding this digital hand is a lot of great miniature work that I think is quite, quite seamless. What did you think about this mm -hmm. little section here? I think that's amazing. I mean, that's so insightful. I I had no idea that this is where the miniatures came in. In fact, I saw them in the credits and I'm like, God, I wonder where that actually came in. So I'm really glad that you did the research to find out where exactly that, that got stepped in here. Because I think it looks, yeah, I mean, it's 100% believable. The, the effects are 100% believable. What I find to be slightly less believable is why is there a giant god under the Buckner house? that makes a little less sense to me. And I'm just curious, again, you know, we've, we've talked about this with guests over the course of this podcast of, of the, the curiosity that it just so happens that the Buckners were picked who just so happened to have their cabin there, who just so happened to have some, a, a God underneath. I don't, I have to now at the all end of this, I'm kind of processing this in the moment. <laughs> I just have to wonder, I just have to kind of wonder if maybe this this cabin isn't actually was actually the Buckner cabin to begin with, because it makes sense to me that maybe gods live in certain areas. And it kind of makes sense to me that you would have a complex built around the god. But it also seems interesting to me. I think it might have just so happened that they, you know, in terms of set dressing, that this maybe never actually was, you know, the Buckner house ever to really begin with, because you know, we as we know, the Buckners live in little cubes. They lived in little cubes. And they just so happen to have a path to, to the above ground. So it's not even actually it was really, really the graves that they were actually buried in. 
So really this whole time, it might just be like straight up like smoke and mirrors. It's all bullshit. You know, this, none of this was actually, you know, the Buckner's actual stuff. They just shipped it all in. You know? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm glad you're bringing that up because uh, that really does make a lot of sense. And I think it takes seeing this visual here at the end where the hand is popping up basically through the cabin to go like, yeah, that the, they just happen to be directly... <laughs> It happens to be a direct line between these old gods and this this little cabin in the woods. And um, yeah, so they could have could have constructed this whole thing around where the gods, you know, like to spend their time down there or who knows what. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and um, maybe the Buckners did exist, like you said, but somewhere else and they relocated them and and uh, built this structure or. You know, maybe the structure they only use sometimes and they deconstruct it and then put something else there, you know, something mm -hmm. that a merman might be, you know, a merman habitat or something <laughs> like a, oh, a, water, a, a yeah. water world type of <laughs> situation. <laughs> right, right. And, you know, I think now that we're kind of processing this at the end, I think I think there's probably a bunch of different scenarios they've accounted for. You know, like you're saying, maybe there is some type of merman habitat. They're next to a lake. It's plausible that that's where he would exit, you know, he would exit into the lake. Who knows? You know, we've seen a, a, a giant snake. Giant snake can chill out in the woods. That works fine, too. Yeah, totally. You know, there's a, there's a lot of different creatures that would can can be wonderfully adaptive depending it just so happened to be that the narrative that we're experiencing is the buckners so what what you gonna do yeah i mean they they were really just engineered to get into a space to to pick you know there's there's plenty of, of scenarios we just we aren't privy to because it just doesn't come up you know? sure this hand and arm has like a what do you call it like where it looks like when lava is broken up a bit and you can see like red sort of burning underneath i'm not describing it that well you know what i mean like red embers absolutely no i think you're that's exactly what it looks like yeah like when a lava flow erupts but it cools on top and so you have that kind of crispy top yeah. but underneath you've got those i don't know veins of of the actual hot lava yeah i think that's totally yeah it looks volcanic for sure yeah and then uh, another fun thing of course is then when the hand comes down it like comes right at us, you know, almost as if the mm -hmm. camera itself is getting, you know, battened down by the hand. Totally. Yeah. Beautiful. It, it, he's a big, he or she, mm -hmm. we don't know. Or maybe it's gender neutral. I don't know. Maybe there's, there's no, there's no sign gender to the old gods. Who knows? But it's a big motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that we do know. <laughs> Totally. Yeah. And it is a big motherfucker. And then we get something that I really like, which is then the the title card pops back up. Yeah, it's the same font, yep. but it's almost like it looks like it's got an old movie reel sort of a texture on it where it's sort of flickering totally. a bit. I thought that was really cool detail. Oh, yeah. I love how it kind of like moves around a little bit. And then actually there is like a, a full like red like a like a red square that kind of happens here that just like flickers in briefly and then boop and then just disappears um and we uh get into uh, nine inch nails yeah nice 
Yeah, yeah. I I love this comes off of Broken. Are you a Nine Inch Nails fan? Did you have a Nine Inch Nails you know, like period of time? I like Nine Inch Nails. I don't I've never like went I never bought any of their so funny to say albums that seems ancient right to say album <laughs> but I've, yeah, I've seen them sure. perform because as w- was mentioned in the other podcast that we haven't really mentioned in a while which is fine because it's <laughs> it was from way back a while ago on um when i my buddy skinner came on um to Sorry, all the different movies by minutes names all of a sudden started scrolling through my brain. <laughs> <laughs> On Spinal Tap Minute, we sort of discovered as we were podcasting that I had been to the first Lollapalooza. Oh, street cred. Yeah. So <laughs> anyways, I, if memory serves, they were at that first Lollapalooza. So I, that is correct. I've, yes. seen them, I've seen them live, but you know, that was in the nineties. And then I was in a, a band where we just got together just to be for one single performance. So it was like, uh, there's this place in Sacramento called old Ironsides and they would have these theme nights, um, where when you, uh, instead of it being just regular, you know, two or three bands playing, it would be a special night where there'd be a theme and people would, sometimes it would be their own band performing, but a lot of times people would put together a special project band just for the night. So, I'm trying to remember what the theme of the night even was. I can't remember, but whatever it was, one of my friends got this together. So he was the lead singer and me and this other woman were his backup singers. And Mm -hmm. then we had, you know, we had six or eight practices with the whole full band. And then we did, um, we did uh, covers of about six different songs. And one of them was a nine inch nail song. So that was really fun. Nice. Do you remember which one it was? I'm trying to remember. It's one of their really well-known ones. So mm. uh, I want to bleep you like an animal. That's Nine Inch Nails, right? It is. Okay. <laughs> bleep. All of a sudden I get all bleep, even though I've been saying fuck yeah. this whole thing. So yeah. I know, but it, yeah, it's especially... Um, <laughs> so we did I that. don't know. Yeah. It's a it's a coarse song, though. But it, and, you know, and it was also... But it's funny that you mentioned that because, like, it was... You know, because it was like a big radio hit and then it was bleeped over the radio. Right. So that's that's kind of how we heard it over the radio because they can't, you know, they can't say, yeah. I want to fuck you like an animal right. on the radio in, <laughs> in 1992. That was, or 1994, I guess that was frowned upon. So so this particular song that comes up is is called Last. It's off of Broken. So there's Broken, there's Fixed. And they're, they're, they're short. They're, they're short albums, like, you know, 30 minutes-ish. Um, fixed is a remix of broken so um in the in the so it was pretty hate machine broken fixed and uh the downward spiral so that was kind of like the first the first four that um kind of made nine inch nails actually and then um this particular album was was somewhat more famous for wish and happiness and slavery (laughs) um that was you know and the rest of them were a little i mean there was a and i didn't know this but like there's a song called physical, which is probably my least favorite song off of this album, but I didn't realize it was an adamant cover mm. at all, but yeah, it's a, it's a great little album. So great little album. 
<laughs> that's a great little that's a album. Great little, I can say that now, but it really is. It's the soundtrack to, it is the soundtrack of my teenage years to a great degree. And I find, I think Drew and I are, are pretty similar in age, but this was a song along with uh, Ario Speedwagon and Bradley Whitford that were must haves for this movie when I was doing research. So he he really wanted a Nine Inch Nails tune at the end. And so I feel like it has a really good, and it's industrial music. So it's like hard and it's harsh. And for me, it has a shorthand for being that age, for, for being young. Um, and, and of course, there's all, all kinds of people generationally who are engaging with this. But, you know, Trent Reznor, who's the genius. But, I mean, there's, there's other folks involved with sure. it too, but he's kind of the primary genius force behind Nine Inch Nails. But he uh, had done several soundtracks and did Lost Highway with David Lynch. He did a he had an epic collaboration with David Lynch, which was amazing. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so he's he's not a stranger to the the soundtrack scene. And um, you know, collaborated with um, Oliver Stone on Natural Born Killers. So um, I'm I'm happy to hear happy to hear him again here. So yeah, so there's kind of a through line of some of the. Other things that we've discussed, you know, certainly uh, things related to we've talked about um, X-Files and we've talked about David Lynch and all these kind of creepy, wonderful sounds and things that come together, (laughs) (laughs) including natural born killers. So, yeah, we could see this connection. and, And what I found interesting is that you said you and Drew are about the same age. I think we are, yeah, so, pretty close. So, um, Joss and I are about the same age too. <laughs> oh, that's so funny! Yay! So we, that's awesome. We are the I'm the Joss, and you're the Drew of this podcast. <laughs> um, Drew is yeah. Drew is four years older than I am. Joss is so two pretty- years older than I am. Ah, see, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Hilarious. Well, that is really interesting that we find that out on our um, final episode, because guys, (laughs) guys, we're going to talk a little bit about um, some of the stuff we wanted to to make mention, you know, before before we close out this episode. But, you know, we realized that when we looked at all the cool credits, that there were great things to see, but neither one of us really felt compelled to just go through all the credits and talk about all the different people. I mean, one thing I noticed I'll say going through was just how many stunt people there are that there's, you know, a separate cinematographer that shot the underwater scenes. Well, there's cool, cool things to be, to be discovered, but that, that you and I both separately, you know, did some research and came back and said, you know what, this is something people can look up. This is something people can, but that that's, it's a huge credit. So we're not going to go through and do minute by minute over all the credits. We're going to leave that extra deep research that anybody might feel compelled to do to you guys. <laughs> and Word. Yeah, we're going to just yes. talk about a couple things we <laughs> wanted to mention, and then we're going to do our Friday recommendations we uh we i feel like we're gonna pop back on and we've talked about a a a potential collaboration that i don't want to let anybody know about yet 
but um, mm-hmm. for a, a one-off episode, and um, you and I have discussed doing a uh, interesting people stories episode that I think would be fun. So you know, keep us in your stream. You know, don't unsubscribe. We'll pop back on also when uh, our other projects are going, and we want to let everybody know kind of uh, you know what things are things are happening and and just what's going on with us. You know, so so keep us keep us in your hearts. Keep us in Aww. your in your podcatchers, <laughs> and uh, yeah, shall shall we move on to our final couple of thoughts? Yes, yes, indeed. So the first thing I noticed, credit wise, was that Sigourney Weaver is billed kind of like a special guest, like she gets her own credit on the screen. Mm-hmm. It's like she's she's in her own her own field. Nothing is around her. And uh, you know, she's you know, she's the director. But uh I, I thought that was a really interesting kind of shorthand move. In fact, it's it's early on in the credits and it really is there to just highlight her, I think, importance and stature as as an actress, but not only that, but also as a character. So I thought that was a really interesting move to do in credits. Most people it's kind of their cue to turn off the movie if they're watching it at home or unless you're watching like a Marvel studios jam where you might stick around a little bit because you're going to see some kind of like little like Easter egg thing for a future Mm -hmm. movie. Most people bug out, you know? So I think also having this early and prominent also, you know, gives her a real like, you know, like gravitas as an actress. So that's a good question. I'd love to ask you, are you, uh, are you a stick arounder or a bolter? I bolt, man. Truth be told, I don't. I don't tend to stick around for it. How I about am you? a stick arounder. <laughs> Are you really? That's very admirable. I appreciate well, that. I, I like. You know, it's kind of funny. I, I was talking about this with Brian because it's just something that's sort of developed as a couple over time. Is that mm-hmm. you know we've seen some our fair amount of Pixar movies, and there's something that happens in uh, Pixar movies that that we absolutely always stick around for, which is production babies. Are you familiar with this? So Pixar has a habit of, I don't know, you know, when it got started, I didn't go back and look, but that at a certain point when they're going through all the um, credits, they have a whole section where it says production babies. And it's the names of all the babies that were born during the production of the movie, you know, from the, oh, from whoever was involved in the movie. That's so, awesome. That's yeah, so it's sweet. really sweet. Yay. And we always stick around for production babies. So I always stick around for production babies. And then during any other movie now, we've just gotten in the habit that at a certain time, at a certain section, whatever the section is, one of us will say production babies. <laughs> oh my God, section or production babies section. <laughs> I love that. That's so lovely. See, that's a good reason to stick around. I like that. That's really cool. Most of the time I'm just like, I'm full of soda. I want to get home. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I can't say I do it for every single movie. For almost most movies, I'd say, though, my default setting is to stick around as long as I can. And then as, obviously, as you mentioned, the the uh, Marvel ones, you know, now it's just a thing. You want to stick around and see the the... Mm-hmm the sting and then the the easter egg the final 
thing. So they and, and I do like, you know, some movies really, especially Pixar, but other movies really have some fantastic closing like animation or artwork or something fun and clever that kind of keeps you engaged. And, and sometimes that's mm-hmm. just something really amazing that I want to keep an eye on. But I also like to just... I don't know, like see if there's quirky, weird names of people or if the the people that did the um, craft services have a clever name or something, you know, that's oh, kind of yeah. fun. And so, yeah, it's something something I think Brian and I do together that I, that I enjoy. Yeah. Yeah, I was film student shamed at one point for not sticking around for the credits because I did go to film school, mm-hmm. and and these are all these are all the people who worked on the film. So I mean, you're you're hit with the immensity of the work when you read credits, and also you do learn about aspects that you you know really never would have considered, like you know the miniatures had popped out for you like wow where did the miniatures come in for all this or you know like you were saying there was an you know an underwater unit like wow that's really cool too yeah that makes sense okay they hadn't you know folks underwater all right so there's these little things that you're like oh right yeah there had to be people to to take care of things or even like oh my gosh there's a, an assistant to joss and there's an assistant to drew and there's special people who did the hair and makeup you know specifically for sigourney right. weaver so there's all these people who you know had these very specific tailored jobs and so it's kind of interesting to to see those aspects of the movie that you wouldn't necessarily have considered before yeah and i feel like it's just a nice kind of a mindfulness compassion reminder too is that there's just a ton of people out there that put something together that you just enjoyed you know it's just a whole Mm -hmm. it takes a village it takes a crew it takes a ton of collaboration and and hopefully you know camaraderie and good times and and Mm -hmm. uh it's it's art you know somebody's making it's a collaborative art project that that we just enjoyed. So mm-hmm. I like to give claps, yeah. give claps to everybody. Clap, clap. Good job, everybody. <laughs> no, I, I really, I, I find that to be admirable to sit through. I, I pretty much am like, well, you know, I'm done if I'm, and, and honestly, I'm a, I probably get on IMDb on a daily basis and that's not really a, a great justification, but it is, it is a tool that I know is very accessible to me. And so if I, I feel so motivated to to track somebody down and, and find those those spider webs. I can do that, and typically I just like I'm like all right, sweet, sure. we're done. You know, peace <laughs> out. But I I like that you do. I I mean it's it's kind of a principled thing that I think there's there's quite a bit of film people who are like no, these people worked on this, and you should stick through to the end because that's that's them. These are all the people who did this. So um, I think it's cool you do yeah, stick around well, for it. I like it. I like doing it. Um, one thing I wanted to do was highlight Jesse, Jesse Williams that played Holden. We didn't talk about him a ton earlier. I mean, we kind of mentioned him and mentioned what a great job he did and, um, you know, that we follow him on Twitter and all that stuff. But I just wanted to kind of highlight that, yeah, not only is he an actor, but he does a lot of other great stuff. He's got his own app phone app that he developed with some other folks. He does a lot of activism. He's very involved in activism. He's actually going to be, let's see, I mean, this will be old once we put this out, but like this Saturday, he's going to be in Brooklyn for a special screening of a film that he worked on called Survivor's Guide to Prison. And 
going to be mm. um, something that is all the proceeds are going to go to charities and Busta Rhymes is going to be the host. <laughs> so, you know, it's going to be fun. <laughs> nice. And he's actually going to be um, in Oakland coming up for another event, the Fairness Matters event um, and Impact Awards to benefit Smash, whoever that is. So that's cool. He's going to be in my neck of the woods. He's been involved in, Oh my gosh, all sorts of cool, interesting projects, including, uh, let's see, there's a PlayStation game that he is involved with called Detroit Become Human. Yeah, it looks hmm. really trippy, but yeah, he's a character in it. So you can see like, yeah, if you, oh, cool. if you look, if you look on his Twitter, which is um, I, Jesse Williams, the letter I, Jesse Williams, you can just see what he's up to. And uh, yeah, he just seems like a really cool, positive change guy that I just wanted to make sure we spend a little time doing that because I mean, he's known for Grey's Anatomy, which I've never watched. He's been in a few videos and He's definitely got a lot of fans of just him being a hot guy too, you know, so <laughs> there's plenty of that out there. And, uh, but yeah, he's really uh, involved in a lot of uh, different causes and things like that. So I just wanted to give him a shout out and thank him for doing what he's, what he's doing. He's paying attention. He's paying attention yeah. and making a difference and using his celebrity for good. So very much appreciate that. Cool. Yeah. No, he seems like he's he's active. He seems like a cool guy. So yay. <laughs> yay, Jesse. Uh so one of the things that I noticed that that caught my eye with with the credits was uh that there is a a dialogue coach, also known as a dialect coach. In this case, uh it is Kate Pierpont, who was the dialogue slash dialect coach for the cabin in the woods and she was also a dialogue coach on white chicks which is really fucking funny oh to me so i was just like really on white chicks huh okay so uh dialect coaches usually you think about them being brought in for people who need to learn a different accent or a different way of speaking for the character that's kind mm -hmm. of the the shorthand for that so this particular individual was brought in um and she was working with anna and chris on their american accents because they're australian um or well one of them is chris australian is, yeah anna anna's, right, right, right. <laughs> anna's new zealand sorry um yeah anna's new zealand chris is australian and uh she was also brought in to uh give notes about how to read the latin it was kind of ridiculous, and apparently, if you go to the the DVD or if you find the gag reel on the the special DVD, uh, you can see that they they fuck up that scene repeatedly because the the Latin just sounds so so ridiculous to them. But um, so they, uh, Kristen Conley made the comment like Dana wouldn't know how to read Latin like a Latin professor does. You know, this is ridiculous. So nobody could get through the scene, and and obviously they they came to a compromise on it that um, the only one who really knows. Latin is Holden. So, but it's, it's kind of interesting that that was, you know, this individual was brought in to Kate Pierpont was brought in for, for both uh, Anna and Chris to, 
<laughs> speak like Americans and uh, to to be able to handle the Latin. So I was kind of kind of curious to dive in there, and so I was able to 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 read up a little bit about you know dialect coaches, and then through interviews with with Kristen could could connect with Kristen cool. confirm that. So so the other thing that I had um, this is my my last little tidbit here is uh, to talk about titles. So similarly to to credits, I, you know, I was like, oh, you know, fuck titles, you know, it's great, you know, it starts it and but you know, it's it's quite amazing. There is a really great article and from a website called artofthetitle.com. And it posts up a interview with Jarek and Pamela of Pick, Pick Agency, Pick Agency handled the, the opening titles. And um, so the very beginning, cast your mind back to the very beginning of this movie. There's all these like sweet uh, scenes of sacrifice and and they are the folks responsible for that. And they're the folks responsible for for the title. You know, they did a hell of a job and they had to do it all before MGM went bankrupt. And, you know, they had to do special titles for MGM and UA and all that shit had to be removed because they had to dump Lionsgate back in because, you know, as we had talked in the beginning, there was a, a little uh, studio transition there. So, yeah, what's interesting about Pick is they had worked with uh, Joss before on Serenity. So these are the same people who did uh, the Serenity's titles. I can totally see that now that you say that. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. yeah they, they work. I mean, they did a really they had a good synergy with Drew and um, had a they did a lot of very you know, organic stuff here. A lot of, you know, they did a lot of handiwork with it. So less on the digital side, more on the handiwork side. You know, they created a whole typeface for that, that bloody, bloody stuff in the beginning where you were seeing, you know, Kristen's name and Jesse's name. Like, you know, they created a, a full typeface to be able to do that and, and really randomize things and made things very organic. So um, this title that we see here is is their handiwork. They also did Supergirl, Flash, Sex in the City, Grimm, and a whole crap load of other stuff. And they also did Red Dawn, which was also a delayed production opening, which uh, Chris Hemsworth was in. So ah, it all comes together and it all comes together. So those are the couple things that I saw in the credits that um, were of a titillation to me. Yeah, I like that. Um, I like that the way that they work on it is in line with how they worked in the movie that it's handcrafted. You know, there's a mm-hmm. lot of stuff that's that's done. That's uh, there's a lot of attention to detail and very specific to the tone of the film and all that. So it makes sense that they would uh, work with somebody else that had a similar sort of aesthetic and attention to, to an organic detail. So, mm-hmm. cool. yeah. Yeah. And, and if you guys check out that article, if you're a real film enthusiast, it's a cool article to check out because they pretty much put titles in context of their importance in filmmaking, Hmm. which I was like, shit. So yeah, there's some, there's some very interesting commentary that gets made there, which, you know, I'm not going to go into in in this particular context, but it's well worth checking out. Um, Especially if you're a movies by minute person and and you're, you've been on this journey with us and you want to talk titles with your own movie, it's worth checking out to be able to, to bring up. So they also talk about like really like epic credits and epic titles in there. So. Nice. Yeah, I'll definitely check it out. Sounds like the kind of thing I like. Yeah, very much so. I just wanted to take a moment to thank everybody who's been listening. Thank all of our awesome guests, the husband bulges, of course, you. I thank (laughs) you for going on this journey with me. It's it's a, a 
it is itself a creative collaboration that you got to mm-hmm. be flexible and go with the flow and <laughs> figure yeah. out figure out our rhythms and how we're going to work together and i and i want to you know congratulate both of us for getting to this point yes <laughs> <laughs> holy shit <laughs> Yeah, it's a thing. Yeah, it's a thing. It's a thing. It's a real. <laughs> it's a real thing. Yeah. Um. Well. Um. Since we're we're transitioning to this. Um. Yeah. I just wanted to to first of all. Yeah. Thank you for asking me and inviting me on the journey. Mm-hmm. And it has opened up doors in ways I I would have never thought. A simple request and a simple yes have have opened up you know, a world of skill set, meeting some really, really cool people who are, you know, just like, just honest to God, hardworking creatives, you know, and they just put their blood, sweat and tears into these podcasts and got some hilarious shit to say and some poignant shit to say. And I, you know, I, I've really enjoyed meeting people and having them come on, you know, our show and going on to, to their show. So, you know, I want to just thank everyone who guested on our podcast and, and took time to, to collaborate with us and to play with us. And that's really, it's very meaningful to me because everyone is busy and everyone's got shit to do. And so if folks are willing to come and play, that means a lot to me. So, you know, I want to thank everybody to do, you know, who came on and did that. Yeah, absolutely. I thought it was so much fun. I mean, I enjoyed doing our episodes where it was just the two of us. And then I liked bringing mm-hmm. in some other folks. And yeah, the Movies by Minutes group is, is just a wonderful group of fun, creative people. And we didn't even get everybody on that we wanted to have on. I mean, <laughs> mm-hmm. we just kind of yeah, ran out of minutes after a time, but it's been really wonderful. And uh, yeah, and of course, thank you to to Star Wars Minute for getting this all started and then kind of blessing everyone as we all started on our movies <laughs> by minutes. But they're the guys that really kind of got the format going. And then, yeah, so thanks to Pete and Alex. And so I think it's time to wrap this bitch up. (laughs) It's crazy, but true. Yeah. (sighs) Yeah. Here it is. It is. Yeah. So I really enjoyed doing this with you. I look forward to Likewise. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad. I'm glad. Looking forward to talking with you again when we're not in front of the mic and we're just go rent a cabin one of these days together and just have a little getaway you know mm-hmm. maybe go maybe go squatching mm-hmm. squatching <laughs> yes absolutely yes yeah i would love that i would love to just yeah be be casual um although working is great but yeah being just being being folk yeah, again and I, just being, <laughs> being regular folk, folk we can get our regular folk on mm-hmm. but um we know each other yeah. much better now, much more intimately. <laughs> we do. Yeah, we really, we really do. You get to learn. All, and, and, you know, I think, uh, you know, we learned a lot about each other. And, and also, I think I'd like to say we learned about ourselves, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is interesting to start podcasting by doing something that, you know, is daily or for us every other day. But even though we were you know, Mm -hmm. dropping episodes Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, most of the other days were either editing or 
promoting or scheduling or truth be told uh working with zencaster to find out where the fuck my recordings are <laughs> sometimes there were issues Serious. and you know we had to do a lot of back and forth and and you know many of our all all of our episodes episodes have been recorded with a backup but there's still times where things were weird or dropping out or you know it just there's a lot of behind the scenes mm -hmm. stuff that happens that goes into it so yeah but i i'm really glad we both did it and it is a trial by fire kind of a a way to really immerse yourself in a project and uh, <laughs> i'm glad we did it together and survived me too me too this has been this has been a, a very interesting enjoyable challenging experience and and i'm i'm really happy it was with you so thank you mm -hmm. thanks for going on the journey with me so yeah and then one more thank i want to put out there and i'm sure you'll um concur is to thank brian for building our website for us and He's been a, a backup technical support person this whole time. And he did some of our, you know, some of our GIF making and helped edit it, edit mm. some of the episodes when, when um, you were unable to do a few and, and it was great to learn from him mm -hmm. and have him be a, a patient tech support. So yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Brian. Thank you, Brian. Yeah, yeah. We would not have a website without Brian. And and so thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for that, for sure. Yeah, and I'm going to just give a shout out to to Gregory, aka the Boo, <laughs> the Booness, <laughs> uh, for, for being rock solid, man, and, and being really great and dealing with uh, not getting dinner a couple of nights a week and uh, being without his, his wife on several occasions because uh, I was in I was in a room podcasting as I am now. So thanks to Boo for just, just being, thanks, Boo. being good people and good support. Thank you, Boo. <laughs> thanks, Boo. <laughs> yeah. So as I mentioned earlier, please keep us in your feed and uh, we'll pop back on here and there and kind of let you know what's going on with us and maybe do a couple different special episodes and um, yeah, make sure to let us know what you're up to. You can still find us on Twitter at cabin minute cast and we'll still, you know, leave our our Gabin in the Woods Facebook group open and, and available for you to touch touch down and touch in and visit us and hang out. And um yeah. So we'll see you at that uh that old cabin in the sky. <laughs> That's what I was gonna say. <laughs> I was. I was like, well, we won't quite see you back at the cabin because this is it, but we'll see you at the great cabin <laughs> in the sky. And we'll all be there together. That's awesome. Great minds think alike. So I think that's a good note to go Let's out on. Let's do it. <laughs> Yay. Okay. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Thank you, everyone. Thanks for listening.